and then look in Luke 8. So you find those two places, Matthew 5, Luke 8, and uh, we're going to finish up the series called The Disciple. Uh, and uh, man, I have enjoyed this immensely. Uh, and so... Um, uh, you just, uh, hey, if you miss some, I would encourage you to go back and, uh, just fill in the blanks with, uh, from, uh, iTunes or our website and, uh, just, uh, let the, the word of the Lord, it's, it's great foundation for the, for this next year as we move into uh, the influence, uh, or the, the, the focus of evangelism and making a difference in our world and, and touching people for Christ. And so, so I want you to take this and and chew on it and 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 just let it make a big difference in your life and so uh so ju- you do that let's pray together as we jump in father thank you for the word of the lord thank you for making a big difference in our life thank you lord god that lord you're you're replicating uh your character through us and we give you all the praise in jesus name and everybody said Amen. While you're, as you've turned to Matthew chapter, uh, five, six, and seven, and then Luke eight, uh, here's our, here's been our keynote verse. It ought to be our life verse. It's the great what? The great commission. I want us all to read it together out loud, very loud, everybody together. Here we go. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We talked about what it means to be a disciple. I gave you a three-point thought, and that is this. Discipleship is a call to follow Jesus. What did Jesus tell his disciples when he met them there by the shore and as he's walking through town? He would say what? Come on, everybody say it together out loud. Follow me. That's the beginning of discipleship. You know, I just have to say, and I'm, I hope I can get done today. I have to say a lot of people come to church pretty regular. But could I be honest? They're not really following him. How many of you know going to church every once in a while is not discipleship? Now, it's a huge part of discipleship as we'll learn. But that, hey, that doesn't make you a disciple. You're following him. Everyone say, follow me. Number two, it's a call to fish for men. He said, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. That's what we've been talking about for a while is, is uh, the learning how and becoming what he wants us to be as a disciple. He'll make us. It's a process. And then the third part, it's a call to fellowship with the saints. We've got the first two down kind of, uh, but the middle one we don't have down. We've got, we got follow him. We think we got follow him uh, down pretty good. Fishing for men, not so good. Fellowshipping, we're pretty good at that, especially when somebody gave turkey. Amen. Uh, so, you know, hey, I can handle the fellowship a little bit. I love that. But it's a three-fold cord, if you will. Uh, and that three-fold cord, the Bible says, should not be easily broken. So it's a call to follow Jesus, a call to fish for men, and a call to fellowship with others. Uh, and so that's what we need to understand discipleship is. And then we've talked about now for a number of weeks the developmental process where he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's what he's endeavoring to do. We've looked at uh, this reality, and it is this. Discipleship is a lifelong process that requires daily discipline. Everyone say daily discipline. Daily discipline uh, uh, for its development. And so, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, Jeff and Julie, they're our testimony for the day. You know what I see? That was back in 19... Somebody help me. 97, 1997. 
Uh, and so I don't know how many years that's been, but uh, you know what? They didn't, Jeff and Julie didn't jump from that first Sunday to today. It was a process and it continues to be a process. And so it is a lifestyle of daily development. And we see from these disciples that they were what I call lifestyle committed. They, what they do, they left their nets and they began to follow him. One of the gospels says that he just called them to be with him. The first thing, I just be with Jesus. Uh, we looked at Psalm 91 today in, in, in Sunday circles. In Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. There's a lot happens when you start hanging around Jesus. I got one elder said, amen. I'm going to try that again. There's a lot happens when you start hanging around Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Amen. It's really true. And so we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and the, really the whole theme of the Sermon on the Mount is the lifestyle of discipleship. Uh, and we've been looking at all the different aspects of what it means to be a disciple, uh, the lifestyle of learning, giving, praying, fasting, trusting, a lifestyle of introspection, looking within. How many of you know you can't get the speck out of your brother's eye till you look on the inside and see you got a whole two before sticking out of yours? Uh, you gotta, you gotta deal with yourself. Last week, we talked about persistent pursuit in that uh, passage of scripture uh, where he said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. And so those are all characteristics, if you will, and the lifestyle that Jesus was teaching his disciples there on the Sermon on the Mount. Today, we're going to finish up with three. I'm going to hit a couple. I just ran out of time. I'd love to spend a little more time on the first two. I got 30 minutes to finish three points. So y'all lift your hands toward me and say, help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus. Here we go. The, the next one that I just want to mention to you is, is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, where Jesus said this, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to what? destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way, which leads to what? Life. And there are few who find it. I just want to say this. I want to call that the, the, the lifestyle of alignment, staying on the straight and narrow, staying on the purpose of God for your life. Listen, uh, one thing you and I cannot do, we cannot weave and wander through life, expect to fulfill God's purpose. You know, the way into the purposes of God for your life is a narrow gate. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. Let me bring it down to salvation for you. This is not necessarily just about salvation because he was talking to disciples. How many of you know there's only one way to get to heaven? And it's the narrow gate. Jesus said, I am the what? The door. No man comes to the Father except through me. you got to go through the door. You cannot get to heaven by being good. You cannot get to heaven by obeying the rules. You only get to heaven through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You can't be good enough to get to God. That's why Jesus came. I'm preaching the gospel right now. I'm excited. That's why Jesus came. To, to, to lay his life down and to, and to be crucified for our sins and pay for us. You know, he was hung up for your hangups and he paid a great price for you. That's the only way to get to heaven is to believe that he did that for you. And you have faith in the finished work. We're going to talk about that. It's a lifestyle of aligning ourselves with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm convinced there's a lot of people who are godly, but they don't have Jesus Christ living in their hearts. They may be even living by godly principles, but they've never gone through the door. And his name is Jesus. Amen. 
And so it's the lifestyle of aligning ourselves with the will and the purpose of God. Most people, I'm convinced, most people, a lot of people at least, live their life on their terms. They walk the way they want to walk. They talk the way they want to talk. They believe the way they want to believe. And they've developed a system of their own governance and guidance. And somehow they're asking God to bless it. That's broad is the way. And I'm telling you, I came to tell you today, that'll lead you to destruction. But if you begin to say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, you're getting on the road. Everybody say amen. It's a lifestyle of alignment. That's a, that's what disciples do. Number two, or, or the second thing that I see is Matthew 7, verse 15 through 23. Here's one of the, one of the second to the last thought that he has here before he finishes up this great sermon on the mount. He says in verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The obvious answer is no. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Just quickly, I want to say this is a lifestyle of discernment that all of us need to have, especially in these last days. We need to beware of everything. Hey, not everything you Google is God. I'm a big Google fan, but listen, just because you read it on the internet uh, doesn't make it true. Uh, you've got to, you've got to, hey, let me tell you something. This is the word of God. If it, if, if it doesn't line up with what the Bible says, it is not God and it is not good. And we've got to be discerning about the, the voices. There's a lot of voices in the world crying to us. Listen, we need to get in touch with the voice of God's word in our heart and let his word, as we looked at in Psalm 91, be the truth in our life and build our life on the truth of God's word. And as we learned last week, if we'll build our life on the word of God, or as we're going to learn here today even more, that, hey, we'll build our life on the foundation of God in our life and we shall not be moved we got to keep our eyes open beware of false prophets beware of people who say thus saith the Lord uh, but they're not speaking for God are you with me say amen and so there's two that I wish I could have had a little more time to develop for you uh, but I want to finish uh, I've got a few minutes I want to finish with this final thought about the disciples development out of the Sermon on the Mount and it is from uh, verse 21 down through verse 26 in that chapter 7 and it is this it's the lifestyle of hearing believing and obeying everyone say hearing believing and obeying. And what I want you to see about these three words, I'm going to break them down in a minute. This is a process of, 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 of life that all of us need to be involved with as disciples. As I'll read this passage of scripture, this is a process that we've always got to be involved in in order to be real genuine disciples and true disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. So let me read it for you this morning. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and what? 
does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. Pardon me, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our life today. And everybody said, Amen. What I see here today in this process is really a process that all of us have got to begin to incorporate in our life if we're going to fulfill God's purpose for our life. If we're going to do the will of our Father in heaven, we've got to build, this has got to become a built-in system in our life of hearing the word, believing the word, and obeying the word. Everyone say, hear the word, believe the word, and obey the word. Hey, let me just tell you, as we jump into this passage, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord's going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's what he's saying. And this is what I want you to understand. The evidence of true discipleship is not in what one says he did, but in what one actually did. How many of you believe that? It's not what we say. Some people say, oh my gosh, there's no hope for me. If these people did all these things and they have to depart from God, it doesn't say they did them. It says they said they did them. In other words, they were fudge, trying to fudge their way into heaven. You can't fudge your way into heaven. It says, not everyone who says to me these things, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name. He said, I'll declare them I never knew you. Hey, why? Because they didn't obey what they were, what, what Jesus had said. It's a process of hearing, believing, and then obeying. The evidence of true discipleship isn't found in what one says he did, but what one actually did. Amen. So you understand that as we jump in and take this apart today. Hey, just because we sing, For He is Lord, He is Lord. Just because we sang it doesn't mean He is Lord. Are you with me? He's got to actually be Lord. We've got to, we've got to build, build within our system, within our DNA, if you will, the lifestyle of hearing believing and then obeying because he said hey those who hear the word but don't do the word they're the they're the unwise people who build their life on the sand and when the storms come i'm telling you and because jeff and julie were our testimony of the day i'm telling you this family's been through storms in their life it hasn't always been chevrolet and apple pie and there'll be more storms come their way why because they live on planet earth how many of you know planet earth has storms and he says, when the, st- it's not if the storms come. Could I just see how many of you have been through some storms in your life? When you thought, Lord have mercy, Jesus. You know, when those first hurricanes came, I found people who, who weathered the storm in uncertain circumstances and some of them lost their lives. People who you thought were smart are sitting down there on the beach going, bring it on. It came on. And they weren't wise. They built their, I don't know what they were, what were they thinking? Uh, Hey, listen, storms come. 
And so we've got to build our life on the foundation of God's word. Those who, who hear it, believe it, and obey it, they build their life on the foundation of God. They build their life on the rock. And when the storms come and the storms will come, they are established because they are built upon the rock. Listen, you cannot get away from what I'm telling you here today. You got to hear it, believe it, and obey it. Everybody say, hear it, believe it, and obey it. You, there's no other way. Some, some people, listen, they're hearing and all they do is analyze to try to figure out if it's true at some point. Hey, and there's a lot of evidence. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of evidence. If we just look to the word of God and look to history and look to even geology, there's a lot of evidence that all this is true. Listen, come on now. Uh, if you uh, listen to Kobe understand, and he gave you some understanding of the authority of scripture a few weeks, some of you go, when was that? Oh, you just missed it. You'll have to Google it now, I guess. The great truth about, hey, this stuff is true. The word of God is true and righteous altogether. Everyone say, hear it, believe it, and obey it. That's how you're born again. That's how you live your life. That's what disciples do. Amen. So let's take it apart a little bit. Uh, let's talk about hearing. And it's, and it's hearing with the understanding of, of, uh, of obeying. We'll show you this. And I want to, uh, many times in scripture, Jesus said this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Everyone say that. He who has, let him hear. Now look, go to Luke chapter eight. I'm going to, if I can get through this quickly, I will. If I can't, you'll just have to say, Lord, forgive him. Luke chapter eight is one of those instances where Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him what? Hear. And so I want to show it to you. Verse four, uh, it says this. And, and he, and when a great multitude had gathered and they came to him from every city, he spoke a parable to them. And here he's, a sower went out to sow. You remember that? A sower went out to sow the seed. Now look quickly because he's going to give this. He's sowing. Here's the parable that the disciples needed. He's sowing the word of God. And he's sowing it into people's lives. But here's the parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air uh, 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 devoured it. Some fell on a rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried. Now, this is cool now. He cried. He just didn't say, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. He cried. I don't know if it's just because there are a bunch of folk there. I don't know. But maybe it's for point. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now the disciples, after it's all over, they're going, we didn't get it. So they come to him and they say this. All right. And his disciples asked him saying, what does this parable mean? And he said to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest given in parables that seeing they may see and hearing they may not understand. In other words, just everyday folk are not going to have ears to hear. But if you're a disciple, you ought to have ears to hear. And he said to you, it has been given. And then he says in verse 11, here's the answer. Now the parable is this. The seed is the what? 
Word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Uh, But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have, because they have no root, who believe for a while, and yet in temptation, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they had had heard, uh, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Let me stop and say, a lot of people have been that way when it comes to the Word of God in your heart. Now, what, what are we talking about? Hearing. Hey, if you, if you want to hear better, you got to deal with all those issues, the thorns, the cares of this life. Because they will choke the life out of you. They'll choke the word and it will become unproductive. But verse 15, he says, But the ones that fell in the good ground are those who, having heard the word, catch this, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. Everyone say keep it. And they bear fruit with patience. And then he he gives he goes on with a little secondary uh, uh, parable, but it certainly has the same thought. No one when he has lit a lamp, covers it with vessels or puts it under a a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not become to the light. For therefore, take heed how you hear. Everyone say, take heed how you hear. He said, take heed how you hear for whoever has, now this is important, to him more will be given and whoever does not have, even what seems to have, will be taken away from him. Now, I I want you to see this, uh, 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 this word has, this last thought for, because he's talking about hearing the word. Let me give you Pastor Sam's commentary. This is, I wrote this, uh, last night or yesterday on this word has. It, it, it seems vague because he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. For whatever he has to him, more will be given. It's in context with hearing. So here's Pastor Sam's commentary on this little word has. Whoever hears with an open heart and holds on to, because that word has really the root meaning is in holding. Whoever hears with an open heart and holds on to what they hear to the point of obedience to what they hear. In other words, here's what he's saying. Take heed how you hear. For whoever hears with an open heart and holds on to what they hear to the point of obedience to what they hear. If you, if you do that, you guess what? What you have, it'll just be multiplied in your midst. But if you don't hear with this understanding or, and what you have will not be multiplied. In fact, it'll be what? Taken from you. So it's so important to hear right. Because if we hear the word of God with the intent of holding on to it, you ever, you ever heard anybody sing the old hymn, Standing on the Promises? Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, boom, 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 standing, standing. I forgot on the promises of God. I forgot it. Uh, but hey, what's the, what's the, th- I'm not, hey, 
I'm hearing this. I've got a hold of it. I'm not letting go of it. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to appropriate it into my life. And then the benefit is uh, what I have, more will be given to me. See, when you start obeying it, more starts coming. When you, some people are, man, I can't seem to understand the Bible. I can't, hey, obey the, what you do know and God will give you more. Are you with me? Say amen. You gotta hear with that mindset and with that understanding. How many of you know uh, that the capacity to hear right, uh, will, will, uh, benefit us in so many ways? In fact, the end times church. Anybody read Revelation? I don't know. Revelation two and three. The letters to the churches. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Same type word. What the Spirit is saying to the church. You gotta to begin to hear with the understanding and, 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 and what you do here, you better hang on to it and appropriate it in your life and begin to obey it. That's the kind of hearing. Hey, uh, what does it say about faith? Faith comes, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. We've gotta hear with, we gotta position ourselves in a place. Lord, I wanna hear I want to apply, I want to obey, I want to follow through with what you're saying in my life. Are you with me? Say amen. Now there's an Old Testament warning. I don't have time to go there, but I'll just throw it out real quick. Ezekiel chapter 12. Let me find it for you. Ezekiel 12, here's what he says, the first couple of verses. He says this, it's a warning to us when it comes to uh, obeying the word. Now the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. They're rebelling against the word of the Lord in their life. And on some level, all of us have to battle the rebellion of our life about what what the Bible says and the governance of God in our life. And uh, Ezekiel comes along and the prophetic uh, word comes along and says these people who have rebelled against the word, what has happened? Their ears become uh, plugged and their, their eyes are blinded and they cannot see. They have eyes to see but can't see and ears to hear but they cannot hear. Why? Because they haven't applied and appropriated and obeyed what thus saith the Lord in their life. All right? Everybody say, hear the word. And then number two, believe the word. If you go back to Luke chapter 8, let me get back there. If you go back to Luke chapter 8, let me show you this. And then we'll, we'll end up back in Matthew chapter 7. Luke chapter 8, uh, oh gosh, I think it's down in verse, oh let me see, verse 12. He says this, he says, those by the wayside are those ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should what? Believe and be saved. Listen, that's a big part of uh, when you prepare your heart to hear God's word. The next thing is, hey, I'm not here to analyze it. You've heard me say this before. This is one of Pastor Sam's isms. Uh, my kids, if you ever want to have an entertaining time on the preacher's ticket, you get all my kids around and let them start quoting Pastor Sam isms. Laura, give me one. You look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. It's a pastor. It's a Pastor Samism. Uh, but no, you can't say one. It's over. The, we're, we're not digressing. 
But y'all can do that on my time. I'll be off somewhere else. But y'all can do that uh, on, on my expense. Uh, in fact, I'm about to forget the one that I'm trying to introduce right here. Uh, uh, in reference to believing the Word of God. Some people, I got it now. It came back. Hallelujah. It's not helpless. I'm not hopeless. Here it is. Some people say, let us examine the Scriptures. That's the wrong Hey, the, the, the right process. I'm going to let the Scriptures examine me. Hey Amen. There's, there's nothing wrong with being a good Berean. When somebody steps up and says, thus saith the Lord, you got to go to the scriptures and see if what he's saying is true. You see, you don't go to the scriptures to see if they're true. You, hey, the scriptures are the foundation of truth in your life. And from that we build our life on based on what does the Bible say. And we've got to believe the Word of God. He said, hey, if the devil didn't come and steal it, guess what's going to happen? They're going to have to, they're going to believe it and be born again. That's why the devil steals things in our life. That's why he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why he doesn't want you to show up at Sunday circles February 1st or 2nd. That's why he doesn't want you being here when we're studying the Word of God. Is because he's he he the oh, Lord Jesus. If they hear that, there's something going to happen. They're going to start believing the Word of God, and man, I'm going to steal it out of their heart and out of their life. That's why he doesn't want your soil of your heart to grow deep and fertile. Is because he knows when you hear the Word, you're going to believe the Word, and it's going to rock hell and and change people's lives. Whoo! And Jesus shows up with the disciples there on the, on the mountain. They hadn't been with him too many days. And he said, let me tell you something. If you want to follow me, you better start opening your ears to hear what I have to say. Because I've got something to say. And when I say it, you better get a hold of it. You better not let go of it. You better believe it. You better build your life on it. If you don't build your life on it, the storms of life are going to into your life. And you're going to be unwise or foolish. Or as we say in East Texas, just downright stupid. Right? I believe. I believe that. Whoo. Everybody say, hear the word. Everybody say, believe the word. Hey, listen, this word will get you born again. That's what he said there. If the devil didn't come steal it, they would have believed it and been, been saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believe on Him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you're saved through what? Faith. Then that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. You see, you don't even have to try to build up faith in your life. You have already have it as a gift. It's a mustard seed gift. You have faith as a grain of mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be removed. And don't doubt in your heart. Listen, it's time we start believing the Bible. Start believing that, hey, hey, when you, listen, I didn't, God didn't make me out of a monkey. I did not evolve. There are times I wonder, but I know according to the Word of God. I, I've met some people I wonder. Oh, come on, how many of you? Where did he come? I believe the Word of God. I don't know all there is about the Word, but I believe God's Word. Amen. He spoke and the worlds came into being. Amen. He created it all. 
You got to believe it. And then number three, you got to obey it and we're going to be done. Look what it says in Luke 8, 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart. I love that. I wish we had time to talk about that more. They keep it. And as a result, they bear fruit with endurance. It's obeying the word of God. Now, go back to Matthew chapter 7 and we'll, we'll, we'll wander down here and we'll finish off this series. But, uh, as we talk about obeying the word and I think it's, I think that when Jesus, you put this sermon on the mount into context and he comes to this final conclusion, I'm telling you something that there, that he was finishing strong here in this message about discipleship. Uh, and he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and what? does them, obeys them. What happens in his life? He who hears these sayings of mine and does them. What happens? It's like the rain. It's it's like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. It's the wisdom of God to Tap into the processes of God. And I can just see Jesus looking at his disciples saying, okay, guys, if you don't get this process down, you're doomed. You're going to end up being unwise and foolish with your life. You're going to try to build on things that are not stable. You can't build your life on things that will eventually all melt with a fervent heat, can you? I'm building my life on the stability of what God says and His Word in my life. He who hears with the intent of obeying, He hears the Word and says, yes, I'm going to do it. And not just say it, but do it. He'll be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Amen? Now, Jesus, James, others warned us about a lack of follow-through in obeying what God says. Listen, there's a warning. In fact, James said this in James chapter 1, verse 21. This was one of our memory verses. What, what's our memory verse from Sunday Circles? It was, it was this, what? Anybody remember? If any man lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God who gives to all liberally, without reproach, and it will what? Be given to him. That was the memory verse. But the secondary conditional thing that we talked about uh, is this. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. For he who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord. In other words, there's a, there's, there's a place where all of us have to let this process up, be applied in our life. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to obey it. And because I hear it and believe it, I have no problem obeying it. If you have a problem obeying it, it's because you have a problem uh, believing it. Hello? You got a faith issue. And so, hey, the warning is if you try to live this life without faith and trust and confidence in the spoken word of God, the written word of God in your life, don't let that man expect that he'll receive anything from God. We've got to believe it and then we've got to obey it. And then, of course, Jesus warned us uh, in reference to the, the lack of obedient follow through in Matthew 7. The rains will uh, descend and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Everybody say, hear the word. Everybody say, believe the word. Obey the word. 
That's the process that keeps you moving forward. What did he say when he said this? He said, uh, no one who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. This is the process of moving you into completing and fulfilling the will of God for your life. Listen, true discipleship always requires a, a, a follow-through in our life. you got to follow through with obeying God. Now, let me close with some blessings. I want to, hey, I warned you, now I want to put you into the blessing mode. What does it say? James 1.25, I quoted it. If you obey God's word, you hear it, believe it, you'll be blessed in whatever you do. Matthew 7, you'll be built upon the rock. It will be stability in the troubled times. Whew, that one's worth it right there. Stable. When everything else is upheaved, you'll be stable. Now I'm going to read you. It's, it's right up noon. I want to just throw this at you, and then we'll pray. All the way back to Deuteronomy. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And again, I'm just going to read you what happens if you obey. I want you to go home and read the curses if you don't. Verse 20, uh, chapter 28, Deuteronomy. And it shall come to pass. I love that. It might not, not it might. Not I hope this happens. It shall come to pass. Everyone say it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. To observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today now that's not a casual Christianity that's not a hit and miss kind of mindset it'll come to pass everyone say it'll come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Whoo! Here they are. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, blessed shall be you when you come in and blessed shall you be or blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you in the storehouses and all the things which you set your hand to do. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he's sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you, have called by, that you are called by the name of the Lord. They shall be afraid of you, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure. Oh, I love it. 
the heavens to give the rain in your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you'll be above only and not beneath. And if you heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods and serve them. Then the next half is, but if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, I'll let you chew on that in the morning during devotional. But today, as disciples, as we stand together, we're called to hear, believe, and obey. Father, today we thank you for the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus so wonderfully shared with his disciples there that day, but also for all of us. And as we process these truths of life, what it means to be a disciple, what it means to follow you, what it means to fish for men, what it means to fellowship with the saints. Lord, let us do so with an open heart to hear. And Lord, today, if there's things that are choking the word in our life, listen. Listen. There's things in all of our lives that come to choke God's word. There's things in our life that today will try to choke this message right out of your life. Pleasures and cares for other things. There's things in our life that have, that have caused the soil of our heart to be hard and calloused and uncaring. And thus the seed goes into shallow ground. And then the hard times come. Because of the shallowness of our life, the fruitfulness of God is destroyed. This is the season to plow up the fallow ground. Let our hearts become fertile soil. To hear God's word, Lord, let that be the case with each one here today. We're about done. We're ready to go. But I want you just to now, right there, use where where you're at as the altar. And just say, Lord, plow up the fallow ground in my heart. I don't want the word of God to be stolen or to die in my life. I want it to bring forth much fruit. I want to bear fruit with endurance. I want to hold on to what you say and believe it and let it bring forth much fruit in my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.